Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya. We're back with the same people. Again, we are missing the uh, king of intimacy, Rami Akalia. I, listen, I said his last name wrong. If that's his last name, I don't know. That's I, not even his last name, bro. All right, bro. It is what it is. <laughs> listen, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. We love the brother. He's just not here. He's been uh, extremely busy, but inshallah, uh, we'll catch him in another EP. Uh, but for today's EP, we are continuing from the first one. Uh, a little bit more structure than the first video, but still, again, guys, don't expect too much structure. This is a conversation nonetheless, so you guys know how conversations roll. And with that being said, Ahmed, Halil, I will let you guys take it off from where we left off in the first EP. So, inshallah, I was in the last episode, I talked about Project Blue Book and what the results of Project Blue Book were. Before I do that, Brother Khalil wanted to mention a little bit about what the Quran says about magic so that people that are listening can have a bit of a background, inshallah. Okay, Bismillah. So, I think um, what I wanted to look at was a couple of ayahs in Surah Baqarah. Um, Many of the Mufassirin, so the, the scholars of Tafsir, uh, of the exegesis and explanation of the Quran, so the scholars who explain it, look at these ayahs and say, this is perhaps where magic originated from. Um, and it explains it in these two ayahs. So the Quran says in Ayah 101 of Surah Baqarah, which is the second chapter, so when a messenger um, from Allah, i.e. Muhammad وسلم, came to them to confirm what was already given to them, so they accepted that Muhammad was true at the time of Muhammad, some of the Jews, but they still disbelieved. So then they threw the book of the book that they had been given, the scripture of Allah, the Torah, behind their backs as if they did not know. And then the next ayah, and it's long in Arabic, so I'll just do the English, is um, So they followed instead what the devils had recited um, to Suleyman, who was a prophet, or Solomon, as, as is known in the biblical narrative or the in the the yeah in the biblical narrative um and then the ayah says it was not Suleiman who disbelieved so what does this mean it means that doing magic one is disbelief is kafir so it's a major major sin and the jinns were the ones who used to teach it so they the devils used to teach magic in um the same as that which was revealed to the two angels in babel and Babel or Babylon is an ancient city and it's said to be where magic originated from. So if you look at different strands of magic, you look at even horoscopes, if you look at where the origin is, it says Babylon, which is quite interesting. Um, and that's in the secular science. In Islam, we also know a lot of magic originated from here. So these two angels used to teach people, but they didn't used to teach them unless they used to say, um, we are a fitna, so we are a trial, don't disbelieve. So it's a clear warning. So the, the idea was magic is a test for people. It offers some sort of power, some sort of gain that they may be able to get. However, it's a it's a major disease. It's a trial, don't ever touch it, stay away. If you do so, you're, you're leaving the fold of um, Islam, whether that be Islam at the time of different prophets, of course, but it, it still applies to this day. And yet they learn 
that which causes separation between a man and his wife. They do not harm anyone through it except by the permission of Allah. So in, in Christianity, there's this, there's this false dichotomy of the devil and, and God and magic and good and light. This idea that almost the devil can or shaitan can almost harm Allah or they're on equal footing. In Islam, we know it's that's the complete, like, it's, it's so far from the truth because when shaitan was being thrown out of um, Jannah, he said, Rabbi, he said, my Lord. So he was asking Allah. He was um, in another another part of the Quran. He says, um, He said, I can't remember the, the English word, but it's basically, let me live until the day they're resurrected. So he, shaitan, is alive. He's been alive from the time of Adam and Islam and before all the way till now and he will be alive all the way until the day of judgment so he's been given that dua Allah accepted that dua but the point is he said Allah Rabbi he said yo my lord so he recognized Allah as his lord which shows you there's no way there's equal footing in fact even shaitan knows that Allah is the lord of everything and he has no power so magic can't harm anyone unless Allah wants it and that's a key lesson um and finally but the children of Israel certainly knew that whoever purchased it, i.e. magic, would not have it in the hereafter any share. And wretched is that for which they sold themselves if only they knew. So they're purchasing magic at the cost of Jannah. So the whole discussion that we're having now is based on this. So this ancient thing called magic, all its branches, it all comes back to this one tree. And it was sent as a test for mankind. So anytime we speak about it, all the power that people say, you know, you'll have this and you'll learn this and you'll have this insight, you'll gain this power, like, it's nothing, man. It's it's just a test from Allah and you're just selling it. Even if you do gain something in this life, you're not gonna you're not gonna see any share of the hereafter. But yeah, I just wanted to open this episode with that that because I think it's important. Allah. So I do want to just give uh, one small correction was that he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, basically for immortality until judgment day. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not grant him uh, immortality till judgment day. He said, uh, He said, I'll grant you um I'll grant you this extra time, but only to a certain point. So he is going to die before Judgment Day, but probably like when exactly or how soon before Judgment Day, Allah, only Allah knows. But um, not all the way till Judgment Day. No one has that. None of the created uh, beings are going to have that. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala makes that clear that when the when the when the horn is blown or when the trumpet is blown by the angel, uh, that all all living things will, will die. Everything will die. Except the loss. Yeah, I should have mentioned he, yeah, like the horn, he's not exempt from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably confusing. So, mm -hmm. um, with that, with that being said, I think I want to take it now to the whole UFO thing because a lot of people are, okay, what does UFOs have to do with uh, magic and all of these things? And why are we even talking about this? Is this some type of crazy conspiracy theory? And this is ridiculous and silly. So, in the 1950s, was when the U.S. government uh, started to look seriously into UFOs. You had a lot of airship sightings and a lot of uh, strange type of alien uh, sightings. Uh, we have the whole the, the gray man with the big head and the black eyes and the, and the weird looking long fingers. So 
America started a Project Blue Book to look into these sightings. They looked into many of these sightings and the, they, I believe they closed it in the 1960s. And what happened was with this think tank that they hired to start Project Blue Book, it closed down and what they did was they said, oh, all of this is just natural phenomenon that the pilots are mistaking it for. And obviously this wasn't a convincing answer because they continued to do other projects and to look into this. And now finally in 2020, they have admitted that yes, there are unidentified aerial phenomena. We have no idea what they are. And for the longest time, the, uh, the, the US uh, Air Force and the Navy had three criterion for, for, for UFO sightings and how they categorized it. You had eyewitness only, then you had radar only, and then you had eyewitness and radar, which was considered to be the strongest type of uh, witness report, where you had the pilot flying, he catches something on the radar, and he sees the UFO. And you had thousands and thousands of these. You had so many of these. And one really big one that I would ask people to look up is the 1976 Tehran UFO incident. And during this time, you had uh, uh, tension between Iran and America. And what happened was uh, they intercepted or they saw a, a, very, uh, a very fast moving object in the sky. The Iranians did. So they tried to intercept it. They sent some fighter pilots after it. And this thing, whatever it was, flew around the planes very quickly. It shut off their engines uh, so the people couldn't fly, so the pilots couldn't fly correctly. And they were not able to open fire on it. They were not able to catch it, right? And people, and this is actually a well-documented report. And of course, analysis that people give, oh, it's not really a UFO. It's just some uh, odd light or something that was unusual. Um, and it just so happened that at the same time, they're, they're, they had an equipment failure. So that's kind of how they tried to explain it away. And we know that that's, that's very unlikely, right? That, that, that would be very unlikely. But people looked at this and said three things. One, one thing that this is most likely to be some type of secret U.S. technology. That's most likely what it is, that perhaps there's some secret branch of the government or military that is developing this technology. Because the design of the flying saucer was first seen during uh, Hitler's time. The, the, the Nazis were experimenting with that. So they were like, okay, this might be some, some very high, uh, some very advanced um, technology that only the U.S. military has. Because only the U.S. military is capable of such advanced technology. And other people in the U.S. military don't know about it. The other theory was that this is extraterrestrial, right? It's coming from another planet. And then you had a third theory based on all of the sightings, which was called uh, ultra-terrestrial hypothesis. So you had CNES, which was the French Space Agency, also has an ongoing UFO research group. The difference with France, however, is because France is a smaller country, UFO occurrences and sightings happen to a lot of, high, uh, to a lot of people in high levels of government. So they took the UFO uh, incidents much more seriously. Um, Right now, you have one of the main people who's also a respected scientist, worked with NASA, works in the CNES, uh, is a computer scientist. He's even in certain TED Talks as well. So he's not some type of crackpot um, a theorist. He's actually considered to be uh, respected in the normal scientific community. And that's Jake Spillet. And he is a serious UFOologist. He was the one who came up with the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis, which was basically that this could not be explained by extraterrestrials coming from outside of the planet, right? Because 
just the vast number of sightings and the way that the sightings are, are operating shows that the, there's something against that. And he brings some evidences of that. And you have other authors too who subscribe to this theory, such as John Keel, who wrote the book um, uh, Operation Trojan Horse. And in these books, what they're talking about basically is that certain things that these aliens want, such as, for example, you have abduction reports of people having sex with the aliens or aliens taking samples of the of human skin to get their DNA or their biology. Like, if this is really an advanced civilization from another, uh, from another uh, planet, these are very inefficient ways to get DNA, to get biological samples, to get sperm. They could easily uh, get what they need from a sperm bank and no one would know with the technology that they have if that was actually the technology that they had. They actually had this type of technology of transporting from place to place so quickly, abducting people, beaming them up into the air, then they don't need to do these things to get what they're trying to get. That was one theory. Also, the vast number of theories means that if we look at these thousands and thousands of theories, uh, not theories, sorry, sightings, and the fact that each little aircraft looks different, then they're thinking that there's some planet far away where they're just sending thousands and thousands of random aircraft, and somehow we don't, we haven't spotted them. So they're like, this is also very far-fetched. You also had an incident where someone had an abduction report, and he said that he saw a star map, right? And this was a, one of the big one of the bigger uh, UFO abduction cases that got, gained media attention. So I think it was the woman said that she saw a star map, right? And, she's, and someone tried to map out the star map. And again, Jake Slay and these authors, authors that look deeper into these, they're like, first of all, the star map doesn't make sense because it's from the point of view of a human being looking at it from Earth. So this, there's clearly some type of deception. It's not a star map that someone from another planet is using because you can't use this type of star map. And the star map is, again, from the point of view of someone from Earth looking at the map. So that points more into the direction that these are what they call ultra-terrestrials. They live on Earth, but we can't see them. And even though they're not Muslim and they may not have studied jinn, or maybe they have, they came very close to a theory that said that they must be made out of some type of energy, or this must be some type of energy-based intelligence. You had uh, the UFO would transform into a, a cloud of smoke. You had the UFO would make, break down into other little machines. You would have two people getting abducted by the same UFO, but they both experienced something totally different. You had people see a UFO that looks circular, but then when they take a picture and the picture comes out, the UFO is shaped like a star. So again, their eyes don't, didn't register what they actually saw or the UFO shifted its uh, shape right before the, the, the picture was taken, right? So you have all of these things, and then you have many different people that had UFO that went through UFO sightings said, you know, I feel like these UFOs were living creatures. They weren't machines. The way that they acted was as if it was a living being that had intelligence and knew what it was doing. So Jake Svalet and these other people, these other researchers and ufologists noted this, and they said, look, the extraterrestrial hypothesis might sound nice because it fits with our atheist modern, modernist concept of science fiction. But if we look at the evidence, uh, there's something deeper going on. So he had a groundbreaking book that he published in uh, early 1960s, I believe, in the 1970s. It was called Passport to Magonia. And he goes over about a thousand close encounters and documents the similarities across cultures and across time to come to a conclusion on this. And his belief was that UFO sightings, ghost sightings, angel sightings, demon sightings 
are all part of the exact same phenomenon that manifests itself differently according to time and place. So I'm going to pause real quick because I don't have any questions before I keep going. Keep going. All right. So he had another book where he called Messengers of Deception. He wrote a book called Messengers of Deception. And in that book, so Passport to Magonia was looking at close encounters and abduction reports, right? Messengers of Deception was looking at alien contactee reports. So people that were saying that we are contacted by aliens and we have a message from them, right? So he shows his distrust of these entities by examining the cults that worship them and the people that said that they were contacted by aliens. So he notes the fact that the contactees become fanatics that believe in factually incorrect information that is easily proven false. Something like, for example, the aliens come to a group and they say, oh, the world is going to end on this day and nothing happens. The world does not end on this day. And instead of the people saying, you know, maybe these entities lie to us or maybe these entities don't exist. They say, no, these entities exist. We still believe in them 100%. And they come up with some random excuse like, oh, they were just testing our faith or we misunderstood the date or whatever excuse that they give for these aliens. So the fact that these contexts become fanatics, uh, the entities actually seem to care very little for their chosen mediums or contexts. And the word medium here is used purposefully. John Keel in Operation Trojan Horse, uh, he actually gives a, a, a parallel between the medium who says that he contacts spirits of the dead and these contactees who say that they can contact aliens. And he says that the, the way that it works is exactly the same. You have the spirit saying that it's this dead body and the medium is listening to it and says, he tells the family or tells whoever is listening, okay, this is spirit so-and-so, he's from the dead, he's giving us information. So what does that entity do? It gives some specific information that tries to prove to that person that they are indeed a spirit from the dead. And then everyone believes the medium and they believe that, oh, he's talking to spirits of the dead. So it's the same thing with the contactees. They are given some type of information to, for the person to believe that, oh, it must be an alien from outer space and this must be the instructions that they are given. So as I said before, that fact was explored in the book, Operation Chosen Horse. And the cults and the contactees, they share, they share the same uh, features and characteristics. If I could share screen real quick, can you give me uh, the ability to share a screen? I do want to show one thing. Yeah, bro, for sure. Matt, let me know when I can. Can I? Yeah, yeah just gonna make okay, you okay. Says I'm disabled right now. They're your host. Oh, Angel, I think you'd have to do it. No, you could do it now. No, okay. you're your host now. You could do all it. All right, cool, cool. So you see this? This was an this was an operation Trojan horse. So this is the dotted lines represent poultry. I don't know how to pronounce this word. Poltergeist. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, poltergeist. Edit that out, guys. I'm I'm just kidding. Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> So these basically ghost sightings and supernatural sightings. And the heavy line, the, the, the thick black line represents UFO reports. So you see, as we have an increase in UFO reports, we have basically superimposed same amount for alien report, uh, for, for ghost sightings. So they're saying, look, why is it that when there's more UFO sightings, there's also more alien sightings? And they basically, this is one and the same thing because the pattern is basically the same. I'll stop sharing screen now. The pattern is basically the same. Uh, you have an alien comes down in either in a UFO or the person is beamed up as with the DMT experience. They feel like they're shot out of their body. And then the aliens have a message to give them. And inshallah, when we go over the DMT 
uh, studies, we'll see that uh, there was a study, and inshallah, Brother Khalil will go over that study, where someone went through thousands of uh, people's experiences, and he did a survey of them, and he, and he broke down all of the messages that the DMT entities gave to those people. And you'll also see that those messages are very similar to the aliens' messages and follow the same pattern. So you have, um, they're, giving, they're giving a message uh, usually it's something about telling the, the human being will evolve to a higher level of consciousness, uh, which is basically the same thing as saying that you're going to be a God. And you have the same thing with the DMT or yoga as well, or any of these new age philosophies wherein, oh, you're going to obliterate yourself and you're going to become one with God. Or the alien version of that is you're going to evolve from matter to become an energy human being. You're going to leave behind your physical uh, carbon body or whatever, some, some random thing that is not going to happen but it makes the person feel like they've been chosen, right? Uh, another thing was making a contract or a deal or an exchange of gifts. So the alien would give something or would ask a human being for something very random like water or a piece of food that they might not even use. And the, the alien gives them something in return. You have sexual contact where either it's forced or the aliens expect, okay, look, you're going to have sex with this alien woman. And that happens a lot in the abductee reports. And this is also what makes authors like, uh, uh, Jake Spillay and John Keel and all of these other authors say, look, this is the same thing as people when they got kidnapped by fairies or kidnapped by elves. It was pretty much the exact same thing, the exact same pattern. The form or the outer appearance was different, an alien versus an elf, but it was actually very similar, whether it was um, what, or, or a spirit of the dead, right? Whatever that person thought it was, the pattern was the same, right? Uh, sometimes even in religious sightings, you will have someone saying, oh, I saw the spirit of Mary. And it's not Mary because uh, the Marys in each time look very different from each other. So if someone sees Mary in South America versus someone sees Mary in another country. But again, the message is the same. I want you to build something for me here. I will give you this thing and we'll have an exchange of gifts. Uh, possession or spiritual attack. This is a big one because how is it that an alien uh, abduction report makes it feel that way. But you have people that say, so for example, you have a medium or, or a ghost or an entity talking to someone. And what does the person do? They write down what the alien is saying, or they speak through, and the alien is speaking through them. And generally speaking, when we think of stuff like that, we think of ghosts, we think of demons, we think of jinn. But no, this also happens with aliens. People say, oh, the alien is speaking through me, or they're speaking through me. So how is it if it's from another planet that they can do that when well, that's very much closer to what we see as uh, spiritual attacks, right? Uh, bright lights, feeling of paralysis, paralysis, telepathic communication. When I say telepathic communication, I don't mean they can start doing telepathy with human beings. I mean that telepathic communication in the sense that they think that they're telepathically communicating with the alien. So you have the same thing when people are doing DMT or astral projection, telepathic communication with whatever the entity is. If they think they saw a god or a goddess, if they think they saw a spirit of the dead, if they think they saw an elf, whatever they thought they saw, it, it followed the same thing. Uh, the beings lie about their nature. And this was another really, really big one for uh, people who are in intelligence agencies looking at these alien and abduction reports. They're like, yo, these creatures can't be trusted. One time they say they're from Mars. Another time they say they're from some random solar system, from another planet, from another galaxy. Another time they say, oh, there are actually planets behind the sun, by the way. We're from those planets behind the sun. So every time there's a UFO abduction report, 
it's always the aliens always change up their story about where they come from and what planet they're from right so they're like okay either there's thousands of these uh, there's thousands of other aliens from thousands of other planets sending uh ufo spacecraft to us or it's something here on earth and that's that's the conclusion that many of these researchers came to when they look at the evidence uh and here's another one giving some hidden info, such as where a lost item is found or an intimate detail of the person that nobody else knows about. This is, again, a case of uh, jinn attack. A lot of people know who, are, who have had experiences with jinn know that this is one of the things that magicians do to try and trick the person to gain their trust. You have the aliens do the same thing. They say, oh, we know this about your life or we know this about where your lost object is. Uh, and that happens in ghost reports, in alien sightings, in uh, fairies, whatever it is that the spirit or being says that it is, if it says it's the spirit or not, it's the same exact pattern. So when these authors know all of these things, they say that there is no way that this is from outer space. This is all part of the same phenomenon. And inshallah, if you guys can edit this in, the cover of Passport to Magonia is basically an alien holding up different masks. Do you want to? Do you want to just show that with a screen share? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, let me see if I have it. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it, bro. Sure. So, and I, I recommend people to look at these books because, again, mm -hmm. these are these are these are non-Muslims, and uh, some of them don't even believe in religions, and they're coming they're coming to these conclusions all on their own. So, um, let me see if I can show you guys uh, this real quick. Sorry, my computer. Yeah, no worries, bro. If not, we'll just tell our editor to put it in. No, I got you. I got you. It's going to show up right now. It's literally the first thing that you see. So I'll okay. share a screen once more. Um, I'm not trying to break the flow here. So if I zoom in, the, the cover says it all. And throughout the book, he's trying to prove this, that they're all one and the same, right? So anyways... Moving on, let's look at the, the strange messages that they give, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at these messages that the creatures give, um, love is the answer to everything. Uh, people should eliminate culture and money. Uh, you are chosen and you are special. You will evolve to a higher level. Or sometimes the alien even says that they are messengers of God or that they should be worshipped, right? Uh, people have this experience on DMT when they meet DMT entities. People also have this experience with, uh, with yoga and with new age practices and med meditative practices where they say that they've been obliterated and uh, there is no moral right or wrong, right? Love is the answer to everything. It's the same thing as saying there's not, no morals, there's no right or there's wrong. There's no right or wrong. Uh, the, the yoga and the Hindu gurus will also say that you know, everything is an illusion. It's all, th these paths all lead to the same thing. So there's no real divine law. It's just whatever you feel is right. Uh, people should eliminate. Just sorry, bro. I don't want to cut you off um, or interrupt, but just uh, I think it's interesting to jump in. You mentioned like Hinduism and stuff, and we were speaking earlier. Um, like, if you look at the actual depictions of these Hindu entities, and then you look at depictions of what people say aliens or even like psychedelic DMT entities and stuff like that look like, it's like mirror images with many heads and all these arms and. In all these different cultures, wherever they seem to manifest, they are always like these common traits. So they always yeah. have like these weird facial features or, yeah, it's just the big, the big man. dark eyes and so forth. Um, I want to hop on on what you're saying, because what these authors are noting, they're like, why now? 
are they coming as aliens? And they note that uh, in the book Messengers of Deception, right, which the book says it all, how these authors feel about these aliens. So they're a little less fanatic about the whole aliens thing. And they want to look at this from a rational point of view. They noticed that in the 1950s and in the 1940s, as society started, as Western society started moving towards, um, as Western society started moving more towards atheism, towards materialism, then what do these jinn show up as? Now they start showing up as aliens and, and, and the, the big brain, green or gray skinned figure with no hair. Whereas before they would show up as an elf or they'd show up as the spirit of, uh, of Mary if it's a Christian country, right? So whatever that country is or whatever that area is, they will show up in the form that those people will readily accept and believe. So that's why he calls them messengers of deception, right? So now we have aliens. Uh, one of the other messages, when you look at, I want to break down each message. People should eliminate culture and money. What does that mean? It's the same thing as this utopian vision or communism where no one owns anything. Everything is owned by all of us. There's no family. So yeah, it might seem nice on the surface, but it's actually very evil. No individual choice, no family, no people that I love or love is the answer to everything. And that's the same thing that the pedophiles say, right? Uh, love knows no borders and Many people use something that sounds good on the outside, but when we look deeper into it, it's very counter to a productive uh, society. Aliens telling people you are chosen or you are special. Uh, and again, this is breeding superiority and racism. Oh, you are the chosen one. Same thing with these uh, yoga masters. You know, people go bow down to their feet and kiss their feet. Because why? Because he's chosen and special. He's reached enlightenment. I'm just, I'm just a nobody trying to reach enlightenment with him. Uh, you will evolve to a higher level. Uh, this is all again a cult-like belief. People saying that they believe in God, or the aliens just straight up saying you worship them. And we see this in the same thing with the Hindu gods. So depending on what the um, place or the time is, the entity will come, or the jinn. Let's not call them entities anymore. That's what they call them. Let's call them just for what it is. The jinn will come in a certain form to trick the person into believing into that, to believing that person, right? And when when we realize that the pattern. It's the exact same pattern across time and across place, then we know that this is the same thing, right? It's the same thing as detective work, right? If we see a murder, I don't have to see the murder, but if I see a murder and that murder looks the exact same as all these other murders, then the detective is going to be like, yo, this is probably the same person or it's a copycat killer that's copying another killer. But usually they'll say this is the same person or it's the same robber. He left his trademark here in the house the way he robbed it. So by looking at all of these cases, and we notice that there's a pattern, then we notice, okay, this is the same entities and the same beings. Now, how, how these beings are accessed, that's different. So sometimes the UFO will come to the person or the ghost will come to the person in their, in, in, while they're awake. Sometimes the person takes drugs. Sometimes the person does meditation. Sometimes the person does whatever practice that they do, but the end result is the same, to make contact or to facilitate contact uh, with these beings. So in America, it's going to be UFOs and UFO sightings, right? Because again, people are like, oh, I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in dogma. So if an alien comes or if a jinn comes in the form of a religious figure, that person's not going to listen. You know, oh, it's just a dream. But if the alien, if the jinn comes in the form of an alien and that person's already materialist, atheist in his views, and oh my God, aliens came to me from another planet and they told me this and they told me that. So then they're going to believe. So... I do want to show you guys something. In India, for example, you're not going to get real UFO sighting. You're going to get something else. And I will show you guys just how deep 
this gin trickery goes. And again, everything that I'm showing you guys is not underground conspiracy theories. These are all respectable scientists. You have, if you just look just a couple of days ago on 60 Minutes, you had a uh, Navy pilot or there's a U Air Force pilot come out saying, yes, um, UFO sightings are real. We don't know what they are yet. And, uh, but yeah, it's official now. Pentagon is coming. You got, you got Elon, Elon a couple, like literally just before we started filming, he was like tweeting out, what did he say again? Something about technology and advanced Leo. technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the tweet. I'll say right now, he had tweeted, any sufficiently advanced magic is indistinguishable from technology. Mm. And I want to break down that later. But first, I want to show you guys this video because I think that this video will, will launch us into all of these other topics such as EMT and yoga and so forth. So, Bismillah. Uh, I'm going to share screen uh, one more time. Hopefully, like, the audio and everything works. Yeah, it, it should work because I optimized it for video clip and audio. So this is on BBC News, and this happened about five, six years ago. And uh, it was a really big deal, but it didn't catch fire in, in, in the Western world. Like, no one really watched this or cared about this, right? So uh, this happened more than once, by the way, but this was in September 1995. So let's, let's take a look at this. Crowds mobbed temples all over India to see Ganesh, the elephant god credited with bringing prosperity, drinking milk. As people throughout the nation declared it a miracle, others cashed in, charging five times the normal price for milk. Just then, Bhagavan Gadapati ne dood piya, us din aise lag raha tha, jaise koi bises Diwali ka या होली का त्यौहार सा हो पूरे उससे भी ज्यादा उमंग और लहर दौड़ी हुई थी बड़े खुश हो रहे थे चारों तरफ एक दूसरे को सूचना दे रहे थे कि हां जी आपको पता है जो पिला भी सो गाइस आई डोंट वांट टू वेस्ट टाइम बट अल्टीमेटली अल्टीमेटली व्हाट हैपेंस इफ यू गो ऑनलाइन आई आई जस्ट वांटेड टू शो यू दैट बीबीसी क्लिप एंड दे डिडंट शो इट दैट एक्यूरेटली बट यू कैन एक्चुअली लुक इट अप that they put spoons of milk to the statue and the milk would start disappearing. And this happened all across India. And I think and I read in some ways that even, even Hindu statues outside of India and other countries, that thing happened to them too. So again, we know that the jinn, Allah SWT tells us the jinn can do certain things, right? Uh, they can move certain objects. They can mess with people in certain ways, but we can make our prayers to uh, protect us from those type of supernatural activities but you don't hear in america about you know um a bunch of hindu statues drinking milk you hear about ufos so again these jinn are coming in the disguise that suits the people of that land to try and trick them into uh believing in whatever false religion if we know just as how brother Khalid was saying that um the purpose of shaitan is to lead mankind astray from the truth. So what better way to do that than by, by relying on human beings' naive foolishness, showing them a bunch of pseudo-miracles, and then all of a sudden you have a fanatic. Oh, aliens exist. Oh, look, my Hindu statue is drinking milk. Uh, clearly that Hindu statue is real. And 
it goes on from there, you know. So I, think I got like two reflections. Yeah. yeah, I got like two reflections just off the back of that. Like the first one being they're saying it's a miracle, but of course we know in Islam there's like three types of supernatural events. One is an actual miracle from Allah, with, which came with the prophets, and whether that be Jesus or Moses, you know, Isa, Musa, all of these prophets, they had like real miracles. And then there's some things like karamat. The karamat are like the, the glad tidings, these blessings that Allah gives some of his his um, believers, you know, in times of hardship. So if they're on the battlefield, they'll see some some uh they're like miraculous things almost impossible things but those are some things that he blesses people and then there's the third type which is this type that we're dealing with now which is like these satanic quote-unquote miracles but they're not real miracles from god they're just tricks and there's trickery and all of these like dark arts and it's the dark arts that all of this kind of fits under and the second thing that i was thinking about was that they have to disguise themselves right they have to put on these different masks to fit you know the, the the cultures that they're going to the times that they're going to whereas what's so beautiful about islam and one, one thing that attracts me to islam is it's the same universal message that just connects with everyone because it goes to the fitra so everyone has the everyone every single human being regardless of time and place has the the internal um that internal message already within them from the moment their soul was created so islam just goes in and reaches into that so it doesn't have to disguise itself it's just there so it's in the openness it's clear the message is clear it's, it doesn't have to con conceal itself and trick people which is yeah it's, part, it's the complete opposite complete opposite yeah subhanallah I, I, yeah I, I think that's a good point to bring up is that when we look at all of the prophets they're saying the same thing there's one god worship this one god but when we look at the um as 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 the as the book written by Jake Spillay says, messengers of deception, which is a really good term for it, they're always changing their message. They're always trying to change their form to suit the people that are listening. The point is that they just want to get them off of the truth. And I think that goes back to what I was saying in episode one, where Muslim saw the solar eclipse and Prophet Muhammad said, Look, this solar eclipse is not something that happens because someone died. It's just something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's it. So he, if, if he was a false prophet, he could have ate off of that superstition and said, yes, it is because so-and-so died and, you know, but he proves that he's not a prophet by, he, pro he proves that he is a prophet, وسلم, and a, a non-prophet would have done the opposite. He would have tried to use this to, uh, to trick the people, right? But Prophet Muhammad, because he is a prophet, saying, no, this is not something that happens because someone died. He's trying to move people away from superstitious beliefs. And this has always been what the prophets have tried to do to get people away from superstitious beliefs, inshallah. So with that being said, we have on our YouTube channel uh, entire series, entire video on, on the DMT thing where we bring in uh, different sources where I share my screen a lot more. I don't want to do it here because it's going to take way too long to share different screens and share different pictures, but it is official now. Pentagon has admitted to the whole UFO phenomenon. And this is just recently. So, yeah, that's basically that's basically where, where we're at now. And um, UFOs is just another manifestation of this whole uh, new age culture. Well, I was going to say, do you guys want to start another episode and go into the DMT now? Yeah, sure. Inshallah. Uh, yeah. I, ha I, have, I probably have to get going, so I might have to do this, the episode another time. Inshallah. Perfect. Yeah, no worries. All right. Jazakallah khair, everyone. If you have a few minutes and it's not going to take too long, we could just continue and add the DMT portion here. 
But if you feel like it should be its own episode, then definitely. It probably should be its own episode because at this point, Brother Khalil is going to go start talking and he's going to go into the John Hopkins DMT study where they go over thousands of people that did DMT. So, uh, and, and he's going to go over the messages, the breakdown, what people saw. So, yeah, that's that's a whole other a whole other portion. Inshallah. Then. Yeah. We should uh, give some uh, final thoughts for this episode. I don't know. You got anything mm-hmm. in your mind? Um, yeah, I do have a lot of questions, but I feel like uh, these questions are heavily tied in with DNT. Mm-hmm. It's definitely questions in regards to what we've spoken about now here about the entities, about the, the jinn and how they're presenting themselves in uh, different ways and whatever suits the, the people that they are mm-hmm. presenting themselves to. But again, these questions heavily tied in with dmt so it's like if if i ask them it's only just going to lead into the dmt thing so best to save them for the dmt video ask them anyway if we get to them we get to them if not you might forget them so we'll just be able to refer to them next time anyway so yeah inshallah so um one thing that i'm thinking of here is uh so we have the jinn presenting themselves as uh, different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. Um, then we have uh, people like shamans and, and um, I guess they'll call themselves uh, psychics. And gurus. Gurus mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Where it's like, okay, they, some of them may not even be taking substances to increase DMT. But they are still seeing these things, these different entities, and um, they might place different labels on them and stuff like that. But then, and I, honestly, like I'm losing my train of thought here, and this is a really good question. So if, if I completely forget this, we'll, we'll have to come back. No but um, yeah, we're gonna have to come back, bro. <laughs> no, uh, no problem. I just mentioned this one thing, like. You mentioned something interesting, how they still see these entities, even though they don't taking these drugs and stuff. One study that I came across not that long ago, I think I shared it with you, Ahmed, uh, about from like Harvard was about witchcraft and stuff where they used to rub like plants on their eyes and um, they they started seeing entities like that. And then I read something in um, or heard something else somewhere about the Talmud. So the Jews, obviously, they have the Torah, uh, but they don't follow that the same like in the same way we follow the Quran. So they have, without going too, in too much detail, like, I'm just like, take two minutes. Um, they were raided and invaded and conquered by the Babylonians, which is, again, kind of linked to what we were speaking about earlier. And many of the rabbis um, who started living in the, that environment where there was a lot of magic, it influenced their thought. And so a lot of Jewish writing um, and one of the versions of the Talmud was written in um, Babel it speaks and it has a lot of demonic practices within it. And one of them is interesting. It was, it was like uh, burning and cooking something and then grounding it into a powder and then rubbing it in your eyes in order to see the demons. So all of these things, like they have different similarities. So again, it, like, it's, it's all connected. So everything you're mm-hmm. probably thinking about that you think it relates to DMT, but it's linked to the UFOs. There's a reason why, because it's all interconnected. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I see where, where, where maybe where you're kind of going with it. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be honest. I completely forgot the premises of the questions, but like I'm realizing 
or like what I wanted to say with it, what I wanted to like, you know, transmit here is the fact that jinns, uh, not only can they present themselves as like a certain thing, but um, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be like a person or an entity or something like that. It could be even like just a feeling, you know, like Ahmed was talking about how like uh, some guy will say, oh, well, I'm, I'm Muslim because I, I felt so-and-so. It's like, oh, well, is that why you're Muslim? Because if if what you felt is what really pulled you into Islam, okay, well, what if the jinn capitalized on that? And they're like, ah, okay. Um, well, let's make him feel something over here. Okay, now he leaves Islam, he goes to Christianity. He's like, oh, let's capitalize even more. Okay, um, now he feels something in the New Age, in the Hinduism. Okay, so he leaves Christianity, now he goes to Hinduism. And then he just keeps following this feeling until it leads him to a place of no return. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah, in regards to the whole DMT thing, the way that I'm like wrapping my head around it is um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us X amount so that we experience uh, said things or, or X amount of things, right? But then when we do all these other things or uh, let, let's say we do one thing that causes this barrier, um, you know, the, the, theoretically speaking, it causes this barrier to drop down a bit. All right. So now it, it, since we are a little bit more susceptible, that means a gin can do something that will just affect us slightly more. And just by the gin doing something that affects us slightly more, it leads us down this path where you're essentially either one taking more DMT, you know, externally, or two, you are releasing more DMT internally, more than you are supposed to be releasing. And, and I speak that from the personal experience when I was uh, going on this whole bout of decalcifying the pineal gland to be able to experience more. And I started to experience things that, uh, be honest i wish i didn't experience so i think yes this is all tied in together um, this whole dmt thing and um, again I, I forgot my question but these are say i would launch on the gene just keep saying yeah, yeah. Oh, that works that happens, that happens to me a lot like the whichever direction you start going in like you can talk about meditation for like hours or you know the different variations and then you have like stuff like the wim hof method is that connected is that connected to the pineal gland yeah now this in like wherever you go with this you can spend so long because there's just so much uh to think about so sometimes when you try and ask questions because this happens this happens to me to this day um i just get lost because my train of thought just scrambles i'm like where yeah. do i begin that's exactly what happened, bro. Like, I swear. Like, there's so much, and it's all tying in together that, like, I started asking the question, and then it just kind of went away from what I was asking. So, yeah, my bad. Forgive me. That's all good. You know, it happens sometimes. I like to say, I was a regime whenever I forget something. I was a regime or making some dickhead or saying stuff for the law. I was a regime. And eventually, you remember it, you know. Because it's just, uh, and I remember I, I saw one of the shield do that too. And he forgot something. He said, until he remembered it, you know, and I got back to his train of thought. But if there is no other questions, then we can, we can wrap up inshallah. And I'm sure that 
the comment section is either going to have haters and those are from the people who have not who have experienced this journey what who know what we're talking about on a first-hand point of view but they haven't experienced the dark side of it yet or if they have experienced the dark side they're just explaining it away like no 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 but that's not really what it is it's just an integration of your of your shadow into your blah 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 and or, you know, or, you know how, yo yeah. it doesn't create any issues it just brings out the real you yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, how, and, so and, and they and they like to cite Carl Jung and say, "Oh, these are just archetypes that you're seeing in your mind, and you need to integrate your light side with your shadow." But Carl Jung himself was into magic. He did astrology. He even wrote to Freud because him and Freud, uh, he he wrote he wrote to, to these different psychologists, and he said, "Look, when I have problems with my patients, I draw I drop their astrological charts and I look at their zodiac sign." And so he was into astrology. He was into horoscopes. He was into magic. He was into different branches of magic. So he was into magic. So people say, oh, you know, this is not really entities. This is not really jinn. It's just archetypes or whatever. Uh, and they cite Carl Jung. They don't realize that Carl Jung himself is into magic. And a lot of these new age thinkers are magicians, even if they don't say that they are. They are magicians. They just don't say that they are because they want to absorb and promote to as many people as possible. That's also part of the deception that's involved as well. I can see that. Yeah. And it, it goes to show like the uh, jahiliya of people where it's like they're only, uh, they're only saying something that they read or that they heard. And I get it. You know, we are also saying something that we read or that we heard and that we internalized, but they're saying it from a premise of no real research. They haven't gone deep to find the answers of what they're talking about, the truth of what they're speaking about. And I feel like that, oh man, like that, that's, I, that's I want, dangerous. I, I want to go off on that for a second because you might have someone say, no, I've been doing DMT for 10 years. It's like, yeah, but you haven't really thought this through because you just believe everything that these entities are telling you. You're not really mm -hmm. thinking about and I've, and I've, and I've read like the different people talking about their experiences saying, oh, you know, ancient Egyptians live in hyperspace and I've seen them with my own two eyes. And I'm like, okay, but how do you know that that's actually what you're seeing? You know, like, like why are you seeing ancient Egyptians in hyperspace, but someone else is seeing clowns and uh, or, or whatever whatever it is that they're, that they're, that they're observing or they're seeing. So my message to these people who are going to hate on what they're watching right now is to just say, how can you trust what you're seeing? Why are you trusting what you're seeing? If someone says, oh, because of the feeling on the ecstasy, well, my response to that is, how many people do you know or do we know who have fallen in love with the wrong type of girl? You know, oh, I fell in love with her. She's, she's the one man and like his life is ruined because of it. So I'm not saying that love isn't a real, um, isn't a real feeling. It's a very real feeling. It's a very powerful feeling. It's a very good feeling. But you can't just make your decision just off of that feeling. You also have to verify, mm -hmm. you know? And man, so, like a lot of them will say too that, oh, well, this is just a belief pattern. You know, like the belief pattern in shamanism is the same as the belief pattern in Islam. But it's, it's clearly not. Because if you if you go back to the starting point, and that's how you find the truth, is you you keep going back, you keep tracing it back to its origin. Like you you look at shamanism, look when it first started, and look for how long it's been going on. And it's like okay, um, it, it did not start in the beginning. 
it does not start from the, the very beginning. And if you look at Islam, like it will date back to the very beginning. Well, it was Adam. Peace be upon him. So it's like, again, like this is not just a belief system. Like this is, this is the truth. And if someone can't see that, well, they're choosing not to see it. They're choosing not to go further in and research and find the answers that they're looking for. Yes, I'm wrong. There's so much more you feel like you want to say, right? With this type yeah. of topic, because there's so much yeah. packed into this. But we can struggle. We'll try and save it for another for another episode. When we look at DMT specifically, inshallah, just to give a little uh, breakdown, John Hopkins did a study on DMT, uh, and how many you want to introduce the study just so that you can give the people a, a, a teaser into what's coming next? Yeah, just give them a taste, bro. Sure, yeah. I think off the top of my head, it was like 2,561 or two participants who took part in this massive survey. They looked at the main experience that they had on DMT. They looked at the characteristics of the DMT entities, some of the messages they received. So it was a super in-depth study and it was specifically focused on the entity. So that will, you know, you can see how that will link into some of the characteristics Ahmed spoke about when we were looking at um, the different books. So yeah, it was a really comprehensive study on the entity characteristics. And then we'll be able to flip that and say, well, look, Islam encompasses both what we said about UFOs, these entities, uh, same thing with Hindu gods and all, all of these things, man. Every single, you know, uh, so-called paranormal activity uh, all comes back, all comes back to, to this umbrella of jinn and their deception. And just finally, I want to make a final note. I don't want people to think who maybe haven't heard of jinn before that they're all bad. They're like human beings. So some are really good. Some are really bad. It's just like a spectrum. Um, and some Muslims, even some Muslims, have this preconceived notion that all gens are evil and horrible. No, man, some of them are like really, really nice. Um, they're really, really good practicing people. Some of them are scholars, whatever. Like they're, they're like mirrors of human beings. They just live in a different world that we can't see. So we shouldn't make this idea that they're all bad. However, the shayateen, the devils from them, they are really bad because not only are they bad, but they're unseen and they try to influence humanity um, and get in all these secret societies and cults. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a whole, whole different world out there. And that's where I feel like some people will get it twisted when they say like, oh, well, there, there's good jinn, then um, why not communicate with them? But it's like, dude, we do not know the unseen. We cannot know if what we are interacting with is actually good or not. We might feel that it's good, but like Ahmed was saying, it starts with good. It starts with something good, and then it'll lead you to something bad. And we were saying this off the record, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, you take you take a, a psychedelic or you do this specific practice, and it gives you that good initial feeling at first, but it's like where it takes you, bro, is not where you want to go. And uh, bro, I will plug in. <laughs> The whole side guru experience here. Do we have time? Should I do yeah, this? We got time, bro. Let me say something real quick, just to add your point that Jin are not Jin are told not to communicate us with us and possess us in the first place. So the fact yeah. that they're already doing that, they're possessing you. They're probably not a Muslim good Jin. <laughs> yeah, it's already a red flag. Yeah, go on, bro. Yo, bro. So 
yoga. Right, yoga. When I was in in uh, I want to say like 2017, 2018, closing in on 2019, um, my fiance and I had split, so I was going through a period where I was just kind of lost, trying to find some meaning and uh, do something with my life. And the roommate that I had at the time, he he's he's still a friend of mine, but at the time, like we're very close, and he's Hindu, so he's very practicing of the Hinduism. Spiritual practice because it's not even a religion. If you look into it, it's not even a religion. Uh, and he started showing me more about yoga and like the different forms of yoga. And I'm not gonna lie to you, like when I first started doing these different forms of yoga, I started to experience these different things, and I was like, oh wow, like that's beautiful. You know, like it, it didn't give me any lasting clarity, any lasting peace, any knowledge, or anything like that. It was just feelings, like oh, here's a feeling. But anytime he would explain the um the different stories like uh, of the the idols it, it was just also I, I'm, I hate to say it, but it was it was kind of dumb i was like bro like you really believe this like, this doesn't seem real at all like, it, it seems make-believe and um kind of like an anime you know like a cartoon and uh i i don't want to throw any trash on it but like this is this is my my reality this is what i'm saying is the truth my perspective uh, but i started going deeper into it and we found this or, or he was onto this guru named uh Sadhguru, which anyone can look him up on youtube uh, guys there he's popping in terms of the the, the hinduism field i and and the crazy thing is he doesn't even classify himself as a hindu but he, he's clearly a hindu with the way that he practices and things that he does and the way he speaks, right? So long story short, I started watching a whole bunch of these guys' videos and um, I almost started taking things that he says as uh, the truth and nothing but the truth. And he had this uh, program that he was running called Inner Engineering. I think he's still running it, by the way. Uh, he was doing the actual convention in Dallas, Texas, and me and my boy ended up booking a flight and going to this convention. And during this convention, right, let me just preface this by saying the first day, he was just repeating stuff that he had said on YouTube. So the first day, I was just like, bro, are you serious? Like, is this all we're going to hear? Just the same stuff that he's saying on YouTube. And... um I was falling asleep. Everybody was falling asleep. Then the second day, he's like, all right, we're going to show you the practice now. I'm like, all right, cool, finally. Like, you made us wait an entire day for this. Like, it better be good. And as he's showing us his practice, which is very weird as well. Like, there's all these weird movements that you have to do. There's um, there's these things called uh, anal locks. Uh, yeah, it's weird, bro. And <laughs> listen, listen, it gets... <laughs> It gets so weird because, like, the and one of the things I'll I'll slightly reveal a few of the details, not so much because I don't want anyone to like be like, oh, let me look into this like that. But um, one of the things, bro, is like you're sitting cross-legged with an erect spine, and you're um you're looking up, basically hyperventilating, very short shallow and quick breaths looking upwards like this and then once you're done with that you're taking one deep breath basically 
tucking your chin, going in, contracting your stomach, and then contracting your ass, which they call an anal lock. And, um, <laughs> bro, listen, let me just say that uh, in the convention, this one woman was having trouble with the anal lock. And I stood up and grabbed the mic. And I was like, oh, listen, when you're doing the anal lock, bro, they cut me off real quick. They were like, listen, you, you can't you can't tell the person how to do an anal lock. <laughs> but uh, it, it, again, it, it goes to show how weird this this practice was. And that's just a small little bit. Like, it gets even weirder than that. And um, when we did this practice in the convention, he had said that um, you're going to experience different things. Everyone's going to experience something different. Um, just go with it. And if you hear people screaming and making noises, like, it's all right. Just disregard it. I'm like, are you, are you saying to disregard people screaming? Like this, all right, this is a little sus, bro. This is a little sus. And we started to do the practice. And as we're going into it, um, I start feeling like there's something rising in my body. And I start feeling like my body is becoming lighter and lighter and lighter. And as I'm feeling this, wallahi, bro, there's people all around in this convention. And keep in mind, there's like thousands of people in this convention spot and all i started hearing is all these people screaming and it it is it was loud and it was the scariest thing ever because like the only thing i could really uh link it to is as if it was hell like the hellfire and you're hearing the people screaming because of torture or whatever it is and like i remember hearing that and it's like this feeling of dread that was like overcoming me of like no 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 stop like, stop, you're doing something wrong. Like, don't don't keep going. Don't keep going. And, like, bro, he was literally saying to keep going whenever you feel that point right there. So, subhanAllah, bro. Yeah. Again, it's, it starts with something simple, and then it leads you to something that's just is not, it's not good. It's the steps that, that the devil makes you take. It starts off simple and innocent. Uh, as this saying goes, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. It starts off as something not even sinful, right? It's a good thing. Maybe you think it's just, you know, a nice bit of practice. But if you follow that path and you're, you're not careful and you don't tread uh, with, with mm -hmm. safe feet, uh, it's it, man. Yeah. Brother, and imagine, imagine someone's like, at first, if they first start it, they're going to be very skeptical. So if like, if something like what I had experienced at the inner engineering happened when they first started, they would be like, oh, no, 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 like, I'm not doing this. I'm, this is not for me, right? But, like, the fact that it starts with something so little is it, it starts opening you up to it to where you start believing in it 100% and, like, you have faith in it. And then when it gets to that pivotal point where it's like, okay, you're going to feel something where you know internally is not right. Your moral compass, something inside of you is directing you and telling you no, like, don't keep going any further and call that call it the color of Allah, call that the guidance of Allah. I don't know. Allah alam. But like, it's there for a reason. And at that point, if someone is uh, already believing in it and seeing it to be the truth, it's very hard for them to step away. Yeah, Allah SWT gave us an insight. And I recommend a book for people, uh, for everyone actually. It's called The Exorcist Tradition in Islam. It's by Bilal Phillips. <clears throat> 
I have the book with me, inshallah. I can probably show it to you guys in the next episode. But uh, the scholars mentioned things like that. These practices, jinn can enter through the breath or through the different types of breathing exercises. So these exercises are a way for jinn to go inside of the body. So that's probably why he's saying, oh, you're going to feel something. Just ignore it because he knows that you know, what's going to happen is people are just going to have jinn enter inside of them and people are going to react to that in different ways. So I'll ask Allah to protect us from all of that. Uh, there's so much more to talk about. I have to get going, inshallah. But uh, yeah, we, we, we can pick this up on the next episode, inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, guys, going forward, we have an episode coming up with DMT. We have another one on practices like meditation, astral projection, all that. We're going to make one more on the Rukia, stuff like that. So if you made it this far, Anha, which is the hashtag? Hashtag entities. I thought you were going to. They already know what it is. <laughs> I, I thought right, you were going to say anal locking was the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's put that in. No, 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 no. Forget, don't, hey, no, forget, forget have, hashtag we, entities. We have, we have, hashtag no, no, anal we have, lock. We have sisters watching this too, so let's, let's, be, uh, let's be gentle. No, that's, that's fine, bro. That's fine. They'll understand. It, we're, we're saying it in a, a very polite manner. We're saying I, anal I, lock. I, I would recommend from an Islamic etiquette point of view that our hashtag should, I was just joking, our hashtag yeah, should okay. be something more uh, more family <laughs> friendly. More family right. friendly. So if if you are if you watch this far, go ahead and hashtag um hashtag entity. But if you're a true Jahil, you know what to put. It's on y'all if you put that, it's not on us. We are not telling you guys and advising you to put that. Uh, but yes. I'll, I'll see you guys in the next one, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you guys for being here. Mm-hmm. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.